Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Sport of Time, episode, I don't know, 300 and something. I'm Brandon. John's with me. Hi, John. Hi, Brandon. How are you? We got a, Oh, I'm good. We got a two-man game tonight. The Nice Guys uh, episode. Uh, we don't exactly know where Chicken Fingers is. We got a late cancellation from him. Um, we do know that Stu has temporarily, we think, quit the podcast after last week. <laughs> after after what we talked about at the end of last week's podcast, I'm not too surprised, I guess, to know that he's decided to... We're hoping for a temporary, a temporary leave of absence. That's the best case scenario here. So riled up. He was just so angry. Yeah, it was amazing. Really out he of moved, character. He moved back to St. Cloud. It was it was tough. It was the tough for thing. everybody. Yep. So it's just us two today. Uh, but we needed to get together because we are recording this the day after the heartbreaking loons loss last night to the Seattle Sounders. Who oh boy, John, I watched the entire match. I know. I was Yeah. I, I was surrounded by people who were actually watching the game and texting me about it which is not usually the way that I'm watching the loons so that was gratifying but then you all had to see me at just an absolute kicked in the nuts moment yeah yeah it's a really it's just a tough uh sport to describe emotionally as you're cheering for it you know it's not like like hockey there's just so much Back and forth turnovers, back and forth turnovers, and then a thing hits off a guy's shin pad and it's in, and you're like, "What the hell just happened?" Right. Uh, but it's not. But on the other end is you know baseball, where it's a lot of times it's kind of it's seven to two in the sixth inning, and this one's basically over, and you're playing out the string. It's it's not really within either of those spectrums because you. It did feel like I could see it coming, but it still was shocking and heartbreaking at the same time. Um, <laughs> I imagine that's kind of where you're at as well. Like it, it didn't. They certainly didn't play well enough to win that game. Well, right? I for the they played an excellent first half. I think the first half was not only were they leading one nothing at halftime, but it was an excellent defensive performance. And I really thought that it was one of the better games I had seen up through that period. But yeah, that's a good point. Right. The first half, actually, Seattle didn't really have any, if I can remember right, chances. It didn't feel like it felt like it was co- kind of a back and yeah. forth. And we took advantage of the one penalty, obviously, with that really incredible. Is it a strike, John? <laughs> uh, we can call it a strike, but okay. it was it was an unreal free kick from Emmanuel Reynoso, and 
it was just a really exciting moment. One of the, one of those moments that you remember forever as a Minnesota fan, just because they're sort of few and far between, but I, well, I text. Yeah. Well, I just wanted yeah. to say too, the free kick thing is an interesting uh, thing because there is enough wind up in it where it does feel more dramatic, obviously, than a lot of plays because you sit and wait right. and watch it. And it probably feels like mostly a letdown for most of these free kicks, right? Cause there's all this time and positioning and, all of a yeah, sudden, you're like, oh, shit, something's going to happen. And it rarely ever happens like that. So the payoff in this scenario uh, for him to actually score when it didn't look like, I mean, at least for me as a you know, relative novice watching it was like, well, it looks kind of fun and interesting, but there's no way he actually scores here. And for it to happen like, was really incredible. It's like if the NBA introduced a rule that said if there's a foul in the backcourt, you get to keep the ball but you also get to shoot from the point at which the foul was made. Mm-hmm. And if you make it, it counts for nine points. Yes. So most of the time you're going to launch one from the backcourt and it'll hit the top of the backboard or kill somebody in the second row or whatever, and it's just a total letdown. But every so often it's nothing but net, and it's just an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the other goals last night unfolded fairly quickly. Uh, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like you didn't see it coming at all. But that one just had so much time built into the beforehand for anticipation. It was it was really cool. So I think you're right. Uh, again, me as a, I'm just kind of pretending I I know what I'm talking about here. But but I kind yeah. of felt the same thing too. Uh, that first half of like, oh, they're because we had talked about it last week. They they were pretty big underdogs. And I was like, hey, you know what? Yeah, they probably have had the ball in the, you know, uh, possession-wise, not as not as much as half the time or anything, but they are holding their own with these guys. And, yeah, and they uh, were, and a, and and they they were playing winning. great on defense. And I, I ultimately, it was a very impressive defensive performance across the whole year from Minnesota. Uh, they lost. They had the goalkeeper of the year in MLS last year. They lost him this year. They had the defender of the year in MLS last year. Uh, he was hurt for all but the first two games of the season, the pre-pandemic games. So they took those two guys out of the lineup and still had not only a decent defense, but when it came to the last few weeks of the season, really uh, verging on excellent defense, and that was particularly impressive. And they, like you said, Seattle had a couple of half chances in the first half, but no major chances. But then about... About 60 minutes into the game, I texted all of you guys that you could you were starting to be able to tell which team had played the Tuesday before the game and which team had played the Thursday before the game. And Minnesota just ran out of completely ran out of gas and then bad things started happening. So when they do you remember when they scored their second goal? Yes, I I've been trying to forget all day, but yes, I still do remember. It was how far into the into the match was it? Maybe fifty minutes or something? Fifty five. When Minnesota scored their second goal, you're saying? I thought you meant Seattle scoring. Their Sorry, no. Goal. When Minnesota did. Yeah, Minnesota scored. I think in the sixty second minute. Sixty second, right? So that to me was maybe a, at about the high point. Just emotionally, was sixty five, sixty, where you're starting to count down of like, all right, cool, two goal lead. Right. About a half an hour left or whatever, however you consider it within this, <laughs> a third of the match left or something. Um, 
and uh, it, it felt good. But then, yes, they did just sort of turn on the afterburners. And then af- since about at that time, I feel like Minnesota had never even headed on their other offensive end of the the pitch. Right. At all. Yeah. And there was there's a couple things too where you could see like uh they uh the Seattle would come up and have a little bit of a break, but then Minnesota would get it, but they couldn't retain possession for more than like two passes. Right. They wouldn't even you know, they pass it to this guy who then he's just like, ah oh, fuck it, and he just kicks it, you know, right back to the other team or whatever. So it didn't even really seem at that point it felt like a desperate hockey team on a penalty kill that was just turning around and blindly a slap shot to the other end, just desperate to get five seconds of a break. It felt like that for about 20 it, minutes. It was it was like they, for some reason, it was a hockey team that was not allowed to change lines for the entire third period. And so yeah. after about five minutes of that third period, they're just picking up the puck and firing it down the ice every time they get it just to give themselves a little bit of a break. Right. And, the, you know, in this hockey metaphor, they would be – leaving somebody at about the red line and hoping to spring them on a breakaway by hitting on one of these long passes. But mostly they're just hoping to get rid of it. And they had a couple of minor efforts at counterattacking, but they, like I said, they were just, they were all out of gas. It wasn't just, they couldn't hold on to the ball. Their, their midfield was completely dead. Reynoso had nothing left. He was, by about the 60th minute, he's not exactly Mr. Defense at any point. But mm-hmm. at that point, he was just, if he lost the ball, he was just turning around and walking back because he was absolutely done for and with good reason. And that they didn't make any, that Adrian Heath didn't make any substitutions was confusing, but at the same time, understandable. Yeah. Um given how well he'd been playing, I can totally understand that he'd just want to ride these guys who had been completely somehow dominating the playoffs so far. But at the same time, it was just, it was too much. And even knowing that, I still thought they were going to hold on. Well, yeah, they had the lead until, what, the 88th minute or something like that? 89th 89th minute. So, yeah, you're right. I think... Uh, I could tell, or not could tell, but my sense was, yeah, it seems like you'd want to sub in a couple guys with little fresher legs. But it makes sense that they were winning up until the 88th minute that he was mm-hmm. making the right call until that time. Um, and then just uh, shit happens. But, uh, yeah, that Reynosa guy, uh, I saw him attempting to play a little D. Uh, and you could tell it doesn't happen very often because the announcers, they sort of like they're – their voices went up a little bit, like they were a little bit surprised. Like, oh, whoa, look at this guy giving it a mm. whirl. So, yeah, you could tell that was a little bit out of character for him. Um, but, yeah, it was just frustrating that they could never, not even a counterattack, but, like, even hold the possession at all. And, again, I don't know the strategy about what they were trying to do, but it just looked like every time there was some hint of an outlet pass, it was missed or kicked too far, not far enough, or just off target and then they just had the ball and they immediately were back offensively and then Seattle put in two dudes near the end and both of them scored yeah that's shit that yeah. stings even worse for some reason that I don't know why it's probably just more of a fun fact than anything but to me it was like shit that's an adjustment that was made and these guys came in and it's probably not right but 
the it narrative, was, John. It's just it's it's particularly heartbreaking because the one of the things you get used to seeing in soccer is a team with a one goal lead holding on, and more often than not, it's it's way easier to hold on even if you're tired, even if you're not as good as the other team than it is to actually score a goal. Yeah. And there's just there's so many things of, that could have gone wrong for Seattle and didn't even on even on the goals they scored. It was uh, they were so close, Brandon. It was just mm-hmm. they were so close and I know that the, the I've seen a lot of people talking about how they're well set up and they're better than they were and they're not they're not the same team that was total garbage in 2017 and 2018 and I get that and I understand that but in the last 2 years they reached the the final of the US Open Cup last year and didn't win. They reached the semifinals of the the MLS's back tournament this summer, they didn't win. They reached the semifinals of the league playoffs this winter. They didn't win and just being there while you have to be there to win just because you're there doesn't mean anything. Look at the Twins. Look at how often they've made the playoffs in that one. This is look at the Vikings. One of the things one of the really frustrating but also true things that I've sort of learned and this has mostly been from the Vikings. When I was younger, I always just figured at some point, your turn comes around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At some point, it's at some point it's everybody gets a turn to win something. And what the Vikings made me realize, and what I should have realized a long time ago, is that's just not true. Just because you're there doesn't mean that finally it'll be your turn. And we've seen that with the Vikings and how all the NFC Championship games they've lost, and we've seen it with the Twins losing 18 straight playoff games and. We've seen it with Gopher football being going on to their second century of being terrible or however you want to put it now and the Timberwolves doing the same thing. It it's not uh it's not a random number generator that eventually your number has to come up. No, so, it's not that. And even worse is that the the narrative doesn't make sense very often either, right? Right. So in some ways you think, well, it's gotta happen at some point, but because there's only 30 teams. So once out of, as you're saying, once out of every 30 years, we'll win or whatever, right. whatever league you're thinking about. So that's not true. And also there's, you know, I think like, I don't know if this doesn't make any sense, but let's just go with it. The narrative arc of like Michael Jordan's career um, played out so perfectly like a storybook that I think it's embedded themselves in so many sports fans as like, that's how it works, right? You first you don't make the playoffs and then you do and you lose in the first round. And the next year you come back and you make it to the Western, the conference finals. And then you've got this foe you need to, you know, beat. And then you beat them and then you win the thing. And then you're always just on top, like the perfect structure of like the build of his career. um, People just that's just probably the most. I guess, well-known example throughout sports of that like arc of how much better it gets. So every time we see this in every sport, a team sucks and they get kind of close. Of course, the story is, well, then they're just going to be even better next year. They were in the right. semifinals this year. They'll be in the finals next year. That's how things work. But it's not how things work a lot of the time. 
right. it's not how LeBron James's career went at all, right? He failed a million times and had to change teams, and then he failed with them again, and then he won and then failed, and it's a lot more random than that. And we always joke about, like, well, all that has to happen next year is that all of our good guys stay good, and then all the bad guys get better. That's exactly how it's going to work, right? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it does, but I just, I'm just used to reading all these articles about the upstart team who made uh you know made some hay in the playoffs well they'll for sure be back next year well you go back three years ago to like some upstart team and pick your league and uh there's a, there's a pretty good chance that they're not even good anymore actually what happens is it's random as hell you have to have a lot of good luck and players get hurt and move on and um you know you look at like the chicago cubs right they won and then you're like oh cool they'll be great for a while it's like no they actually maybe they were like a one-hit wonder or flash in the pan they're not set up for a long time or so you never know but right. there has been like the prevailing thing that i've read at least about this season was like they'll be they're going to be set up for a while are you saying that you don't believe that or are you just saying that's not a given no, I'm saying that the margins in MLS, and especially the margins for a team that is not going to break the bank or attract a lot of particularly excellent players like Minnesota, and that's the reality of Minnesota in a lot of different sports. It's not just soccer. I, I'm saying that it's as likely that they'll be garbage next year as it is that they'll be good. There's 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 nothing that necessarily is linear in a sport like this. So it's just, it's one thing to lose a final because there, there has to be somebody that loses. And it's one thing to lose the most astonishing playoff game in MLS history like they did last night. And it's terrible and it's awful to be on the losing side of it. And I don't like talking about it. It's, but the particularly frustrating thing is that there's, there, there, there's no guarantees just because they were good this year doesn't mean they'll be good next year. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of decisions to make on players. They've got a lot of young guys that need to get better. They there's just it, it it's it's exactly like the Twins every year. They make the playoffs and they lose all their playoff games and it's just you're staring at the mountain again and it's it's hard to take. It's just it's extremely hard to take, and it's. I think it's hard for those of us who like Minnesota sports teams, too, to keep climbing that mental mountain of getting excited about stuff. And it. I, I have never found that it actually works to expect the worst. Um, there was a quote from, I think it was Horace James, but I might be getting the attribution wrong, uh, that he said, I expected the worst and it was worse than I expected. <laughs> and that has, that, that's what happens when you try to expect the worst about Minnesota sports because it will always be worse than you expect. And I, I always try to remember that experiencing the lows like this is what makes the exciting ones, the joyful high moments that much sweeter. Mm-hmm. But it's <laughs> it's difficult in Minnesota because the scales are not even, not no. even close to even. No, I don't think they can ever get even. Yeah. It it would require it would require 
games in every sport just like last night except with Minnesota on the winning end over and over and over again to even get back close to even par. And so I it's hard it's hard not to give in denialism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um well, let's take a different spin at it. Um what percentage of people who watched the game last night do you think of, of Loons fans? Uh what percentage do you think there was the first game that they have seen of the Loons? That you know that is an interesting question. I can say it's that not I know- zero. Yeah, it's not, it's not zero. zero because you're here. I'm here. <laughs> you're living proof <laughs> yep. that yep. at least somebody watched their first Loons game last night. Mm-hmm. I I think, honestly, I think their their playoff game against Kansas City was probably the one that there were more people watching their first ever Loons game because it was on broadcast television in prime time. Right, that's Whereas, true. This one was on cable in the middle of the friggin' night. Pretty late, so, yeah. Okay, well, let's just use, let's just say there's a certain amount of fans that uh, last night was their first or, or recently, right? Just generally recently was their right. first game. And this this team in particular was their real first taste of, of Loon soccer. Um, mm-hmm. There's a potential to, to hold on to some of these fans. And you, of course, would so. like that, right? There's more people talking about it that you can... Uh, complain about when they lose, and it's generally a good thing when they're when there's more people paying attention to your sport. Um, so, what would you say to those fans like myself um, to make us excited about next year? I mean, I understand the randomness of sports, and I, of course, uh, have lived in Minnesota forever, so I know exactly how uh, screwed we all are. But there's got to be something that's is it Reynosa. Reynoso, whatever, that guy, um, him being well, a really good player who should be around the next year, is it, I mean, the MLS just in general, I think anybody who watches first goes, oh, right, I, for some reason, like, I forgot, this is a very, very, very good organization, like, it's got legit players, um, right. so there's always that, right, just like, you first get into it and you go, oh, right, soccer, I love soccer, this is good, uh, but beyond that, there's loons in particular, is something there that's kind of that should keep people new fans. Well, let me turn this around on you a little bit because I'm curious. You are a sports fan. You like a lot of different sports, mm-hmm. but you're not really a soccer guy. What what is it about the Loons, soccer in general, whatever? What about that is holding you back from watching from taking this seriously or watching more of the Loons? Why was this your first Loons game you ever watched? Time I'm old, uh, set in my ways. I feel pretty close to maxed out on my sports in general. I'm not really able to add more into the old portfolio. Um, basically, well, at this point, I've chosen the NBA. I'm obsessed with the NBA. Um, I pay attention to my fantasy football team, sort of, without really watching like my team. Um, right. I watch... I would say probably in totality like 25% of the Vikings season. Like I'll catch a half of a game or a third of a game or sometimes the whole game if I've got, you know, family or friends around. And I watch the Twins, but I'm not an every night Twins guy either. I just I'm not anymore. 
So it's right. not that I don't like soccer or have it hasn't I haven't been taken with it. I I enjoy watching soccer every time I watch it. World Cup. Um, I've talked about. It. I went to an Arsenal game a million years ago um, when I was in London, and I had the time of my life. I absolutely loved it. So I like I'm it. Still, it's just I'm still player. utterly fla- flabbergasted <laughs> by that. By the way, <laughs> I, you just mentioned it offhand during one of the podcasts. I'm like, so huh? you went to see a game in one of the biggest soccer rivalries in the world, and you were like, oh, that was interesting, but let me tell you where we went to dinner after the game. Boy, howdy. Yeah. Was that fun. What a day. And I'm just, I'm sitting over with my jaw just hanging open like, yeah, yeah. I went to I went to see Barcelona play Real Madrid, but it's just, you know, Barcelona's yeah. a beautiful city, so let me talk to you about the architecture. Yeah, you're, it's you telling me about your trip to L.A., and four seconds of that is you sat courtside for LeBron James scoring <laughs> exactly. 50 points, and then you just move on <laughs> to going to the beach or something. Oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I've been courtside in an NBA Finals game, but let right. me tell you some anyway. more about surfing. <laughs> um, oh, God. So, yeah. so soccer for you, is it something like, Boy, I would like to watch more of this, but I just know I don't have the time, so I'm I'm going to actively try not to pay attention. Yeah, and there's it always like been, I, it's it's the there was a there's a little bit of a hurdle getting into uh, the English Premier EPL that that mm-hmm. league, right? Mm-hmm. I know I like the Arsenal, but I don't exactly know when the games are on, and I don't exactly <laughs> know what channel if i even have the channel <laughs> like just a little bit of a hurdle right not a ton boy so, if only you knew someone who would yeah. maybe in the in the newspaper who would just text on, me if i asked on the you weekend, anytime. <laughs> you know. in the newspaper you would pick a game of the weekend you could watch every week it'll tell you what time it is and what channel and yeah that would be it's, helpful it's little it's the it's a tiny hurdle it's a three-inch <laughs> hurdle that just requires me to it's, lift my feet up it, it's a line <laughs> of paint on a concrete <laughs> sidewalk yeah, yeah. So that's kind of been, I mean, mostly time. There's that other thing as well, or about you know trying to figure out how to work it into my life. Whereas other sports, I kind of have figured out right. Like what I like about right. the NBA is it's in the winter when I'm sitting on my ass and I can my kids could be watching a movie and I've got the iPad in my lap as I'm watching, you know, uh, mm-hmm. my Sixers or whoever. So I just is got it- that as part of my life now. Are you the kind of basketball fan where it's mostly just like the night's over, the kids are watching a movie, the dishes are all put away or whatever, I'm just going to go on the NBA app and whatever's happening right now is what I'm going to watch? Like even if it's the Sixers and the Suns or oh, 2D. Oh, hell yeah. You know? Hell yeah. I'm in on uh, that. I got to think of a better comparison. Um, Wizards versus the, the Kings. Yeah, the Wizards and the Kings. <laughs> You're just like, you know what? I love basketball. And I'm in on that. I got to see how like DeAndre seeing... Fox is playing this year. Yep. <laughs> I like seeing angry John Wall on the bench not playing. He yeah. looks miserable. I just like seeing him there. It's such a perfect mix of like really easy to watch athleticism. And then there's that layer of like there's some strategy happening that's kind of fun to watch. Oh, more pick and rolls for these guys. Kind of the dorky stuff, you know, that you can get into. And then there's the third layer of just like the soap opera drama that the right. NBA is just just rich in that sort of drama. This guy hates this team and he wants to get out and this guy just got a new contract and now he's lazy as hell and he's loafing around and that's funny and 
all that sort of stuff is just that the mix of it is just so perfect for me um, that it's just been obviously the by far the most attention I've paid uh, probably 10 times more than any other sport. Even though I love right. playing baseball, I like just watching basketball. So soccer has just not been a priority yet, but I did really love watching the game last night. And part of it was like any sort of um, like a world cup game or, or tuning into anything with high stakes is you're just, it's, it's intense because of that. Cause you know, it's important. Right. That's an added thing. But even if you took away the stakes for that game and it was just a random, the first game of the season or the seventh game or whatever it was, uh, that still would be like on a zero to 10 excitement spectrum, very high of, of a game. Right. Um, right. Just so dramatic. So, so there's a little bit of that just being like a little bit spoiled that that was the first game I watched. But I remember even in the first 20 minutes going, oh, right, I know this sport. I like this sport. This is a lot of fun for me. So I hope to to uh, continue watching it next year as well. And I also have the added thing of I have two sons, right, and they're going to be perfect age next year to go check out a check out a game. Right. They'll be 7 and 10 next year. And, that's and I, you know, I've heard they obviously they, they do a great job with the stadium. So a part of me is wanting to get into it just for, for that purpose as well. So, but there's, I mean, they should, there are, this is not like it's over now and all of their good players are gone. And it was like, that was their one chance, right? It's not that. No, I don't think so. Reynoso is under contract for next year. And he obviously is the key to the key to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Most of their defenders will be back next year. And you they, said they had a really good defender that didn't play. Yep, he I the hard thing to know about him is that he was listed the whole season with an undisclosed injury. So I really don't know what's going on there. And I it, you can speculate all you want like maybe he just didn't want to get covid, which would be fine. That would be his right. I have no problem with that. But they didn't um, come out and say he opted out for the season. They just said exactly. he's not playing. Yeah, he he has an undisclosed injury and he has the whole season. So on the one hand, you're worried about him as a person. Like, what horrible undisclosed injury does he have that is preventing him from getting back on the field? What if it's something really terrible? That would be very bad for him. And he's dealt with injuries in the past. But mm-hmm. a, my hope is that Aikopara, the guy we're talking about here, can can be back next year and get on the field next year because he's really great. And he was the key to Minnesota not being terrible last year. And... No, they found some other guys that can help with that. So they, they've got a couple of old guys that are out of contract that might not be back. Ozzy Alonzo, I think he has a team option, um, but they might not bring him back because he's pretty old at this point. They A couple of their forwards, Kevin Molino is a free agent. He scored two goals in both of their previous playoff games. So obviously he's earned a fair amount of fan goodwill from that. So I hope he's back, but he's a free agent. Um, no, there's another. Finley. Oh yeah. Ethan Finley was the guy I was going to yeah. ask about. He's, he would, uh, yeah. he's also a free agent. He's on the other wing, but I think near as I can tell, Minnesota's interest in him is higher than any other team in the league. So we'll see, but they need to find somebody who can play in the defensive midfield. If they're not going to bring back Ozzy Alonso for one more run and, I can see why they wouldn't, and but I did like having him on the team. Um, they also their biggest need is to find somebody to play up front as a striker because they really just had nobody this year. They started the year with a guy named Luis Amaria, who 
was on loan this year, so they potentially could get him loaned from a from a team in Argentina again next year, or they could try to negotiate to buy his rights outright from that team. Um, the, there's really no telling. He was hurt for much of the year as well, the, and behind him they have basically nobody. So they need to find somebody. There's a lot of rumors and scuttlebutt that Christian Ramirez, who was a big star here and then was cruelly traded away uh, a couple years ago that he might be making a return. So that would be exciting because I thought he was great. And he, where is he he right now? uh, He's in Houston, Mm. Hmm. which nobody should ever be stuck in Houston, but no, just generally. So I don't know what, I don't know what his contract situation is, but here's hoping. I was going to ask who Seattle's playing, but I remembered I don't care. Columbus. The answer is Columbus. Go and Columbus. I can see why you wouldn't care. Yeah, no, screw both those teams. Forget them. Uh, okay, uh, another soccer question. Have you started Ted Lasso yet, you son of a bitch? <laughs> I did. I actually oh. did. Based on, I, a number of people had mentioned it to me, but you recommending it specifically made me think, well, I should give this a chance. And it's really good. I really yeah, enjoy yeah. it. It's charming, right? It's just it such is. an it's easy, It's extremely like, charming. Watch. It's the miracle on 34th street but with english swearing yes exactly i feel like there's so much um extra credit being given to that show purely because it is the most of all the, like the shows out right now it's not that dramatic the stakes are not that high there's no right. backstabbing and killing and adultery and murders and war and whatever else it's like just such an easy nighttime watch and there's yeah. not a whole lot of, of that out there right now. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Well, it's I'm glad not, you started it. It's not saccharine, but at the same time, I like every one of the characters. Yep. Yep. For I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for every one of them, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Even the kind of shitty people, you pretty clearly yeah. understand what they're doing and why. And you go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I identify with that. I get that. Yeah. Okay. I'm... I'm I, I enjoy it a lot, so it you should feel very proud of yourself because not yeah. much climbs above the 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 line of minor sports that any show has to clear to get me to watch it. So yeah, bravo, right. well done, Brandon. Yep, and then we'll get you on Friday Night Lights next. You haven't seen that oh, one, man. right? No, I haven't. That's, a, that's longer though. That's five seasons. So oh, this is just one seasons. season. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But it's the same heartwarming sports adjacent oh man sort of things so i love heartwarming and sports adjacent i know which is why i love minnesota sports <laughs> <laughs> they never break your heart nope nope never okay. leave you drinking in your basement by yourself well we did get a chance to text each other and bond a little bit last night so there's always that the worst case scenario when i when i think about why on earth are people paying attention to sports that's that's a huge part of it, right? Right. Yeah, at least you can, can commiserate with your pals and give an excuse to scream through text on a weekday. Just so. angry, angry text. Right. They were angry. <laughs> okay. All right. That this was great, great Let's never, ever speak of that game again. Nope, that's good. We're going to put it to bed, and uh, that never happened. But on oh. to uh, actually worse things. <laughs> I, I don't know why I did this. I watched... The Minnesota Vikings. Oh no! This past 
weekend. Um, describe just... describe for me that experience of you sitting down and saying, I'm going to watch this game between the Vikings, an immensely frustrating football team, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the worst football teams ever assembled. So I don't know when it was. It was probably right around 1-5 uh, or 2-5 and five or something when I started thinking this could be a really excellent season for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like Mike Zimmer. I'm sick of his shtick. I don't like Rick Spielman. I think he's stupid, and he annoys <laughs> my friends, so I'd like him to be gone. Right. Um, and third, a bad team generally has their chance to get a good quarterback. And as I've said on this show, I don't care about any aspect of football besides watching good quarterbacks. Right. Nothing else matters to me at all. Um, so I thought, hey, this could be a, a the old threefer, the old three birds, one stone scenario, where mm-hmm. what if they end up being three and 13? Zimmer would probably get canned. Spielman could possibly get canned. And then they could have the, a top five pick. And I know there's some good quarterbacks. So... What I did here, and John. You love when teams lose with an unclear future payoff in sight. That's your favorite. That's my deal, man. Yep. Um, so what I did here is I allowed to get sucked in and I had hope. <laughs> and I it's the opposite of most of us having hope that our team is gonna be mm-hmm. good. I had hope that they're gonna be bad. I right. was so excited to oh, not to mention so the only thing I like watching on the field, uh, as I just mentioned, is a quarterback. But I do also enjoy off-field drama, uh, right. as mentioned about the NBA. So with Zimmer, will he get fired or not? Who are they going to pick? I love this dude from Kansas City, Eric Bieniemy, because every mm. time I watch, Kansas, he's their offensive coordinator. And it could be one of those deals where, like, remember how every guy that was hired, like the number two on the Patriots, got hired, and they're like, oh, wow, this guy's a moron. This guy's, like, the right. stupidest person in the world. It's actually just Belichick. That could be here, too, right? I mean... Andy Reid is the head coach. He's like been an offensive genius for a long time. And Patrick Mahomes, it's possible. It's possible he's a real disaster. But I kind of right. had, again, I was in the hope phase of all of this, right? I was smitten. Oh, man. A top five quarterback, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or the other two guys that are good, Eric Bieniemy, some new general manager. Holy shit, would I be so excited to watch the Vikings again? It would be like the Teddy years. The only real right. time I can remember actually loving watching the Vikings. Uh, well, there was pockets here and there, obviously, when I was a kid. I'm not going to talk about that one season, but, you know, there was times. But, you know, in the past few years, it's just I feel like it's just been retread quarterback and shitty guy who's not fun to watch and yada, yada, yada. But Teddy, man, he was our guy, right? He um, was our beautiful son. A beautiful son. He was so just like he was – underappreciated uh he was a low draft lower draft pick than people thought so it was a little bit of that aspect his first couple games he came out and he was awesome uh so i was just like i kind of i was like i i like football i mean it's have some problems obviously as a lot of us do with with uh some of it but i would like i love watching the chiefs i love watching uh the seahawks and the good quarterbacks i was like hey this is it this is it so I got sucked in, and I got so hopeful and so happy this was going to be the year. And then, of course, they went a bunch in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I – but I hadn't watched a lot of those. 
Um, so I was like, oh, that's kind of stupid, but maybe they can st- they can still suck. I mean, this is just a couple wins. It's a blip. It's a minor. They still just need a top 10 pick. So then I turned on the Panthers-Vikings game a couple weeks ago in the fourth quarter. The Panthers were winning. I thought that was awesome. I was so pumped. I just wanted to see Teddy win. So I turned it on. Absolute nightmare disaster. <clears throat> As I turn it on, the Panthers decide, hey, wait a minute. Why are we trying to win this game? Let's fuck it up. Let's just like not even try to win. Like blatantly right. not try to win. And they did. And we were like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Thank you so much for this shit sandwich as a gift. I'm going to take it and eat it in front of everybody. And we allowed ourselves just to take the win, although we should have been trying to tank too. So that made me mad. But then this week, uh, I am playing, as I mentioned, I like fantasy football, and I had the Jaguars running back. So I turned it on just to have it on in the background, and he had he was like running like crazy in the first quarter or so. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, my God. This is going to be awesome. They're going to lose to this shitty team. And my guy's going to have a good day. So again, John, what did I do? I had hope. You got your hopes up. I got my hopes up. I got sucked in. And they were bad for most of the Vikings were like, you know, if they had all of a sudden it was like 24 to 3, well, turn it off. I I don't want to watch that. I have no interest in watching them do well. I, I don't like watching Kirk Cousins and all these great receivers. I'm sorry. It's just not enough for me this year. Um right. But it was close enough where I continued to be like, they could. They could do it. They could fucking lose this game. It'd be amazing. Uh, And so I watched not the whole thing. I mean, I'm not completely deranged. I probably saw like two-thirds of the game, though, right? In and out of running errands or doing whatever else. Which, for the Vikings this year, is pretty deranged. Jesus, it's a ton. It's so much more than I should have. And even Danielle was like, what are you doing? I was like, I guess I'm watching (laughs) this game. I don't know. I'm miserable, and I hate it, and I'm watching it. You look down, you're wearing a Dante Culpepper jersey you didn't know you <laughs> Where did owned. Where did that come from? Your whole face is painted. <laughs> uh, so I just, and then they pulled it out and they won it in just the most awful, annoying way. They won it in overtime. They, I had to watch extra tried, football. They tried and tried to lose it in just the stupidest possible ways. And, and obviously Jacksonville's like, no, dude. No, we do not want this game. Take it, please. And we're like, oh, fine. We'll take it. And they did. Oh, God. I just, I cannot believe myself. So now I'm done. I'm just, I can't watch them anymore. It's it's over. I, I, what I saw of the Vikings game on Sunday, I had sort of checked the score a few times, but I hadn't been watching the game. And then at the end of the game, Jacksonville was driving, and so I thought, well, I'll turn it on and see if the Vikings can get a stop and win this game over this terrible team and get into the playoff spots or whatever. And so I turned it on, and Jacksonville's terrible, but here they are marching down and scoring a touchdown on the Vikings and then needing a two-point conversion to to tie it and getting it. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then just this amazing, this amazing, terrible football exchange where the Vikings drive down the field, get in position for a 50-yard field goal by Dan Bailey, who's already missed a bunch of kicks. And they line up, and I mean, it's a 50-yard field goal, but it's indoors, and it's a professional kicker, so I was expecting him to make it, despite his history in the game. And it was like, it was the Christian Ponder Hail Mary of kicks, (laughs) where it just looked like, 
you know, a division three kicker trying to kick a 50 yard field goal. And the best part was then Jacksonville got the ball, ran one play to get themselves into an extremely long field goal position. And then they had a chance to miss a long field goal. It was just, it was just bad football by everyone. And it's so, so far and away the most popular sport. I I know. Just what? Ah. So bad. I feel like I feel like no sport has suffered more to not have crowds there. Cause when you see two teams thrashing pitifully around like that, it yeah. just makes it worse when it looks like it's a high school scrimmage. You know what I mean? Well, especially because we are used to we have seen games played in giant stadiums with no fans there. It's our high school state football tournament that was also always played. So right. we, it just sort of looks amateurish because that's what we're mentally it's, used to seeing it's visually. very preppable very preppable. it's extremely preppable yeah yeah i need i need 35 fans in either side of the stands and a terrible pep band from a nine-man football school mm-hmm. and then then i'll be at home mm-hmm. right yeah it's comfort food for yep. the eyes i did that no. a couple of times i did when the the state football semifinals i Covered both days, all day for the Star Tribune, and it was glorious. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you don't. I don't feel like I convinced you there, but. <laughs> huh? Oh boy, yeah, I can. Oh, see that. good one. Please wow. don't. Ta- please don't keep talking about this. Oh, Jen. that's amazing. Yeah. What no, can I say to, to not expand on that one? Both be kind, but also not encouraging in any way. Okay, let's. I just pulled up the schedule, John, for the other Vikings games. Now, you tell me if you're going to watch and if you can convince yourself to watch any of these games. <laughs> I, I know the one that I won't be watching for sure, but go ahead. Well, there's two that are, seem awful and then two maybes. <laughs> this Sunday, the Vikings play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Could mm. you talk yourself That's hard. into that? That's it, cause, I can cause, talk myself into it because of the Gopher connections on Tampa Bay. Totally right. They've got a couple of them. They got yeah, Tyler they Johnson got... and Antoine Winfield Jr. Right. So I could watch just to root on those guys, but rooting for Tampa Bay is hard because they got Tom Brady, who I've hated for going on seven decades now. So yes. yep, yeah, that's a tough one. And Antoine Winfield plays a lot too. Like he's yeah. a huge part of their team. Right. Tyler Johnson doesn't seem like a ton. Um, yeah. They just have so many other guys. But but I feel like I should support Antoine Winfield and Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. So and mark there's me playoff down stakes. As a, That's a big right. one. Mark I me mean, down as a maybe on that one. That's a All maybe. Right. All right. Uh, Sunday, uh, the following Sunday, they're playing the Bears. Oh, no, no chance no, in there, absolute. There uh, is I, no way. <laughs> Can you, you could, imagine watching that game? I would oh. rather go to every non-conference Gopher basketball game than watch <laughs> that game from the comfort of my own couch. Playing North Dakota again. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. This is awesome. Okay. Next to last. They will, they will lose that game. I, I think we, we all know that at this point, that playing the Bears down the stretch in the season when the Bears have absolutely nothing to play for and the Vikings have everything to play for, it's guaranteed a loss. Well, you say that, but as being on the opposite side of the ledger here, what I can imagine a scenario of them losing to Tampa Bay, being 6-7, and seven, 
And I'm going, well, there's just a sliver if they win these next three, they can get in. And I'm sitting on the couch going, all they need to do is lose to the Bears, and it's over. It's over. <laughs> They'll be 6-8. and eight. They'll shut it down. It'll be pandemonium. People will be screaming at Zimmer. It'd be great. Then they'll fucking win it. So the worst thing that could happen is what will happen. That's what we know. I think I think that they'll beat Tampa Bay just to get people excited, and then they'll lose to Chicago by some impossible score like mm-hmm. forty two to nothing or nine to five or thirteen something to eight. Like that. I feel like thirteen yeah. to eight coming up. Thirteen to eight. Thirteen to four. Thirteen to four. <laughs> some ridiculous scoreline. <laughs> Yep. Okay. Next game. Uh, it's Christmas after Christmas Day afternoon. The Vikings are playing the Saints. I oh, I hate the Saints so so much. Yep. Yep. But it's, here's the thing: they are still going to be in the playoff hunt. The Saints, right? Could at that point maybe have rest, be resting some guys. So maybe you could talk yourself into like, hey, this is a big one. They're eight and six. They do this, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? Four seed, something or other. I don't know. Um, I can see yourself, no. you, you talking yourself into that. It's Christmas yeah. Day in the afternoon. You're not going to be doing much. Yeah, I see myself skipping that one. Okay. Honestly. There's a lot of good it's basketball just, on, by the way. I just, I would, I would so want the Saints to lose that it would be bad for me to watch that. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you, you're a little. You care too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't want to care that much. No, no, no. That's too much. You're right. Okay, and in the last game of the season, January third, the Vikings are playing the Lions. Mm. There's so <laughs> there's such good comedy potential for that game. Mm-hmm. It just it could be an extremely funny game, like even funnier than the Jaguars game, and that was a very funny game to watch. Yes, this could be. They went on a run. They're nine and six. It's the easiest thing in the world. They're seventeen point favorites against the Lions, who their starting quarterback is the backup middle linebacker. Right. You know, it's Barry Sanders somehow. Barry Sanders is back like an honorary. And he's not they, even wearing a football uniform. He's just wearing jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And just the jersey down to his knees, untucked. Yeah. Right. And somehow just throws for 350 yards. They they lose the playoffs. That could be, my God, that would yeah. be so delicious. Just, it's, it would be extremely funny. So that yeah. one, yeah. that one is probably the highest possibility for me. Okay. So, but that all just depends on the, the potential laughs. Right. It's dependent on laughs. Yep. I got it. Mm-hmm. That's true. I agree with you. Yep. So that's the Vikings, man. I'm just, you, I am just—I cannot believe it. Have you turned around? I mean, at this point, they're not going to get a good draft pick, even if they lose every remaining game. Have you turned around and begrudgingly are you cheering for the Vikings again? No. Nope. I'm so mad. <laughs> You're I can't holding turn on to the around <laughs> midseason. I just, I, now I'm just so mad at them. They're right. so, I just hate them so much. I hate Kirk Cousins. And Mike Zimmer is annoying. I'm just done with them. I'm tired. I'm just, they're the same team. And I know it's probably actually been a similar team for maybe three years, but it feels like it's been a decade. (laughs) And I also know, like... We call this the Minnesota Wild Paradox. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and I also know and understand, and you could look back in the history books not too far back and find a, a dozen examples legitimately of teams who sucked, snuck into the playoffs, and then got to the Super Bowl or even won the Super Bowl. And as you say, like, yeah, that could be the Vikings. It could for sure there's a non-zero chance of this happening. And if the Vikings won the Super Bowl this year, it wouldn't be like the most shocking upset underdog story that ever happened. It'd be like, well, this happens like every three years in football. You know, so it's not like it's, oh, you got to really believe they, you know, they've got everyone's counting them out. It's like, not really. No, I mean. They're a playoff team, and you never right. fucking know. I mean, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, and Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, and the New York Giants, I was just reading, that team that beat the Patriots. Actually, both mm-hmm. the times the New York Giants, they won two Super Bowls, and they both they sucked both years. They were like 9-7, right. pretty shitty. The Vikings are the exact team of the Giants. So it could happen, but... Um, I just, I but it just won't. <laughs> I can't bring myself to cheering for him, and I'm, and I I know it's this is very much just a me thing because I, pers- like specifically stopped paying attention and then started to root against them. This is karma. It would be, I guess. it would be on brand for the Vikings to ruin it by winning the Super Bowl for you. Yep, yep, that's right. That would be just incredible. Maybe they could do it. I mean, they do suck. I just, you know, generally, they they do yeah. they're a negative in my life, so maybe they can just amp that up this year. <sighs> ah, the Vikings. Ah, uh, the Vikings. Okay, do you want to get to one last topic before we got to go? Of course. Well, I wanted to talk about the Timberwolves. Roll for a couple it. minutes. Here we go. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say two things. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. One of them is, um, I wanted to make sure I said this on a podcast with only one other person around because I'm tired of getting laughed at. (laughs) But, and John, it'll be way easier if you're going to edit this podcast. Yeah. You can always edit out me laughing at you. It's harder to laugh when it's just two people. You know, That's you right. don't have a third person to like get a load of this guy sort of deal. You're just yeah. I'm not laughing, laughing with anyone. I'm face. just laughing in your face. It's exactly. Just in my face. It's it's yeah. it's just a harder thing. You got to be a little bit more of a. I know you're trying <laughs> you're right. to lean into nihilism. It's it's a hard thing to do. No, um, I can't do it. You're right. I'm too nice to just laugh directly in your face. So lay it on me here. 
Okay, I saw a statistic this past week on one of the Wolves' blogs um, that made me feel a little bit more hopeful about the Wolves this season. Okay. Not, I'm not to a point where I'm going to be proclaiming any you know big uh, ideas or predictions about playoffs or anything like that, so I'm not going there. I just wanted to point out a fact. Okay. And the fact was, and this shocked me, and it actually it could be wrong, and I'm not even going to look it up, but... The fact that I read, um, that again, I'm just going to choose to believe, is that our top two in minutes played last season. Remember, last season, they were like the 25th best team, 26th. I mean, they were bad. They're probably on pace to win 30 games or something like that, right? Yeah, they might. Maybe would have won 30, but Towns was hurt too, so. Yep, so the two players who played the most minutes, and I realize as I'm saying this, this is so simple for me to look up. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Nope, don't um, do it. Are, uh, were Josh Okogie and Jarrett Culver. Yeah, that sounds right, actually. Okogie and Culver. And so they were the two, they had the most minutes for us last year. Now, mm-hmm. in a regular season, not, I'm not even talking about a dream season, just a regular season this upcoming year, they will most likely be somewhere in the range of like the sixth and the eighth most minutes played, right? Yeah. A so, Kogi might rise up that chart a little bit just because he's good defensively and no one else on the team is. If he plays well, I can see him maybe maybe fourth, but most yeah, likely hopping up into the top five. Yeah. So you have to assume and and basketball is not there's there's of course injuries. They do happen. But it's not like football where you're like, fuck, I have no idea who's playing next week. I don't know. I mean, you know, right. generally, guys, you know, so you would assume Carl Anthony Towns will be number one in minutes. Uh, D'Angelo Russell will be number two. Those are two. Uh, one's an all-NBA guy. One's a borderline all-star. but I, Well, not an all-star, but a solid player. He's an above-average player. Right. Uh, Malik Beasley, who I think you could say is a little bit above average, but right around there. And Ricky Rubio, probably our fourth in most minutes, who is, again, a little above average. So, Well, I mean, Rubio remains to be seen a little bit because a lot depends on how they use him. Yes, exactly. If they're going to play him with the second unit, he could end up eighth on the team in minutes pretty easily. But Yeah, but you would just assume for out of sheer effectiveness, uh, he will be playing, (laughs) I would assume, the fourth most minutes because he can play with D'Lo. He, of course, can play with Towns and Beasley. Maybe a little bit of the D-Lo. There could be a little bit of overlap there where they decide to change it a little bit. But if you're going to put Vegas odds right mm-hmm. now, it'd probably be Rubio, fourth in minutes played. And then you're getting into Hernan Gomez. Yeah, then you're getting into the guesses a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like Okogi, How Edwards. often is Hernan Gomez going to play? Yeah. Where is Edwards going to shake out? Will they remember Jared Culver's on the team or not? Mm-hmm. Is Jake Lehman a real person or three people in a trench coat stacked on top of each other? Very hard to say. Uh, Jaden McDaniels yeah. is a rookie who could be good. He probably won't be. But, again, we're in this range is, of, like... Is that a real person that Brandon has just mentioned? Did you? he make up that Possibly. name to test me? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that gave me some hope for this year being... Uh, it should, just out of pure, like, injury luck, they should be a lot better this year. Because those right. guys just... there are Okogi is our sixth best player and Culver is probably our 10th best player uh should not be second in minutes what an absolute disaster last year was in a lot of different ways (laughs) so 
Um, you never really know um, what's going to happen, but they certainly are a lot more a lot. They have a lot more depth than they had last year, which I love and I'm excited about. So that's good. Right. Okay, that was the first thing I wanted to say. Okay. The second thing you didn't get laughed at. I didn't laugh directly in your face, so here we go. Thank you. I I, st- I was going to make some proclamations, and then I just I was reading the room here, and I realized it wasn't going to work. The second thing I wanted to do, John, is we're just I think we just need to take this moment in time because it's December eighth, and this piece of content here is probably only going to be good for for one day. Um, right. I was. So, do you know what's going on with James Harden in Houston? Um. I have seen oblique references to it, but he wants out of Houston and may do that by getting COVID. I'm not sure I understand completely. I think what's been happening here is uh, this all started, and I'm sure it started before this, but in the most recent memory, it actually started here in Minneapolis with Jimmy Butler. Uh, okay. A few years ago, Jimmy Butler told his coach, I don't want to play here anymore. Please trade me. And his coach said, No. And Jimmy said, said, no, I don't think you're being clear. And, I think what I'm hearing is right. you do want to play here. And Jimmy was like, no, dude, please trade me. And his coach said, no. So Jimmy said, well, then fuck you. I'm not coming to practice for a week and just for no reason at all. I'm fine. I'm just not going to show up. And then when I do show up, I'm going to make sure there's reporters that I'm personally inviting to the practice, allowing in, and I'm going to play pickup and scream and yell at everybody and call them soft, and then I'm going to leave the practice midway through, go tape an ESPN interview, and then bounce, and then just be gone again. And so a lot of people are like, wow, what an we call, asshole. <laughs> we call this the adult way of dealing with your problems. Right, right. And so we gave him a little bit of grace because well, we're like, hey, you're being a dick. And then we're like, yeah, but... Wiggins does suck. You should be yelling at him. Uh, we hate Thibodeau. <laughs> it was it was difficult because I hated Tom Thibodeau so much yeah. that it was hard not to be on Jimmy Butler's side there. Exactly. So it worked, right? He got out. He went to Philly. Then he got a big contract in Miami. And no one really cares anymore that he acted like a complete horse's ass. Nobody gives a right. shit at all. And so I don't know if James Harden, like, saw that and like kept it on the front burner but he put that on the back burner he at least saw it happen and work out pretty nicely right and then anthony davis um he not in the same way whatsoever but in a in a much more polite way was like hey i want to go play for the lakers trade me there and uh the his team was like no and he's like well i then i don't want to play anymore and they go fine sit out and so his was the nice way of going about it, but it's still kind of the same concept. And guess what? Right. He went to go play for the Lakers. And who played in the finals last year? Jimmy Butler and Anthony Davis. So it does work, okay? So when James Harden realized he wanted out, he told his he pulled the the first step you do is you just go tell your bosses, Hey, get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. And so they are still hemming and high in where they can where they want to bring him and where they were gonna trade him to or whatever. And so this poor coach of the Houston Rockets, it's like his first year. He's probably looking forward to coaching one of the best dudes in the whole league. Shows up to training camp, and James Harden just, like, didn't show up. And they asked him, like, hey, where's James Harden? And the new coach is like, I don't – I'm not – I don't know. I, he's not <laughs> you He's know? not calling me back. I, don't I have no idea. I'm, Did he tell you? Yeah. And then – so they were having this press conference, like, at, I don't know, 10 in the morning or something. 
and they had uh, there was a photo of him at a strip club in Vegas like three hours before that. <laughs> it was like five in the morning <laughs> or something. Uh, so he is very clearly making it known that he is not interested in playing for the Rockets. Um, but I'm not telling you that for any reason, except that there was an article today that they were talking about places he could potentially go and teams that could make oh, no. a trade. And do you know what one of the writers on the athletic suggested a one potential destination could be? What uh, I I fear to ask, John. You know, you know full well that he suggested the Minnesota Timberwolves to be getting James Harden. And man, oh, oh man, how absolutely epic would that be for so many uh, oh, different the, reasons? Think of the, the drama would be off the charts. Think of chicken fingers. He would be the happiest person who has ever existed. This person, James Harden, who would be coming into here clearly against his will and seem to be, you know, Chicken has for many years now proposed whenever we ask about, I have a lot of Timberwolves ideas, trade this guy, draft that guy, whatever. Chicken has been very consistent. He's got one idea for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Move the team, raise the target center, and make it a tailgating (laughs) lot. He's been very clear on this. That is exactly what James Harden would want to do as well. <laughs> Chicken fingers might be James Harden, is my point. Um, and so the reason I wanted to bring this up is, again, we just have to do it this one time because, of course, it's a terrible idea that it will never happen uh, for about a million reasons. But it's fun just to luxuriate in how insane that would be, right? <laughs> it would be even more than Jimmy Butler. It would be a total circus. It would be impossible to fathom for upwards of six months. And I, <laughs> on the one hand, it would be extremely funny. On the other hand, it would completely burn the franchise down to the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it'd be over. It's, it's hard to make a call there. John, how long do you think it would take me to talk myself into that being a good idea? I think you already have. <laughs> I don't think the time uh, uh, amount of time that small cannot be oppressed cannot be expressed with real numbers that appear on the number line. It has to be expressed in purely theoretical terms. Well, they gave up D'Angelo Russell. I didn't really like him to begin with. They also had to give up Anthony Edwards, number one pick. I don't know if he was a great fit. They also had to give up three draft picks. Well, we kind of suck at drafting guys anyway. So, you know, <laughs> of course, Harden's going to leave in a couple years, and then Carl Anthony Towns will leave a soon years. after that. Um, yeah, I can imagine James Harden definitely putting in a couple of real dedicated years in Minnesota, of all places. So they'll leave, but then we can just build around Josh Okoge and Jared Culver. <laughs> I mean, they were one you know, or two, they're two biggest played. minute guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they, they're used to their they're heavy workhorses. workload. <laughs> they're like starting pitchers. You throw 250 innings apiece. Yeah, exactly. So we'll build around That's those what guys. That's you want they'll out of basketball players. That Jade McDaniels guy that I told you, he exists. He'll probably yeah, he turn might into, be a real person. Yeah, he'll turn into the next Shaq, and and off we go. It'll be fine. Oh, oh man, gosh. it would just be. And, you know, the only reason there's not a 0% chance, ver- there actually is probably like a 0.1% chance, is mm-hmm. the the guys running our front office right now, Gilda Radner, right. um, uh, he's a Houston guy. So he could very oh, right, easily yeah. have a call in to the owner 
and say, hey, man, we're willing to do it. I know he's only got two years on his contract, and one, you know, after a year he's going to force his way out if he even plays for us, yada, yada, yada. So there's that. And then there's the added benefit of the owner seems like a real asshole. Um, and he's maybe one of those very immature, prideful assholes that has decided <laughs> now that James Harden has been showing him up like this publicly to trade him to the funniest possible destination <laughs> and the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like, oh, you want to be traded? Yeah. Guess where you're headed, pal? Minneapolis. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I like I like that Minnesota is the punishment team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's worse. I mean, even as a... You know, I don't want to sound biased. There are worse places to send him, but this is still a pretty delicious place to send him. Um, I like the idea that for James Harden, he could go through a series of trades where various teams trade him to another team, and only then do they find out whether he'll show up or not. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, he got traded to the Timberwolves. Let's see. Is he going to show up? I don't up? think he's coming no, today. He's still, all right, well. Still in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so they, so then the Timberwolves turn around and trade him to Memphis, and uh, he, nope, yeah. not in Memphis either. Nope. Uh, here's a Same picture of him. Up. He's in Spain. Why is he in Spain? <laughs> He's getting further away. This is yeah. bad. It's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego, the basketball <laughs> version? Ah, uh, he's at Cleveland. Oh my God, he just went to Tokyo. <laughs> what is he doing in Tokyo? Oh, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to spend a little bit of time thinking yep. through that one. I just think that would be so funny. I would love it so much. And I uh, and I, as mentioned, I would talk myself into it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yep, you would be ready for it. Yep. Brandon is here for the James Harden era in Minnesota. Actually, watching a guy dribble for twenty seconds is fun to watch. I'm yeah, into it. It's good. That's a uh, higher advanced level of consciousness. I just. I'm looking forward to James Harden not even pretending to listen to Ryan Saunders at any moment. Oh, God, no. Nope. He, he'd be the first guy to play an NBA uh, game with uh, AirPods in. Yeah, there, <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a timeout, and he wouldn't even go back to the bench. No. He'd just go sit down and up against the scorer's table yeah. at center court. And All right, I'm going to close my eyes for a minute, guys. Let me know when we're playing again. Hey, man, how did he get his phone? He's... Does he have pockets in his jerseys, his shorts? I didn't even know they made him that way. Is he? Is he? Is he recording a podcast right now? I think he's recording a podcast during this oh, he's time. He's got out. the lav mic on his jersey. Interesting. I thought he was mic'd yeah. up for the game, but no, he's now he's 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 on he's how to this get his made. Own thing. <laughs> uh, yep. yep, that would be good. I'm on board. Okay, John, I have a sneak attack. Um, topic okay. for you. I'm not Rick Spielman's mom. There's nothing you can do to make me do that. No, I've I've only been thinking about this for 20 seconds. Um, Perfect. When I saw that's a sportive way. I saw an alert pop up on my phone about uh, Joe Biden has a. This is not really politics. Um, has a hundred day plan um, to to um, address the coronavirus. Hundred days, right? And it's okay. um, he thinks uh, it, within this hundred day plan, he's going to have a hundred million uh, doses or vaccinations. I'm not sure what he meant. And and his point, which I I thought was really smart, he said, um, you know, you have to start with, of course, the uh, the elderly and uh, frontline workers, of course. But he said, you know what? Just mm-hmm. after that, needs to be teachers. 
And I think he's, I really appreciate that. And I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, but this 100-day plan starting, let's say, February, March, and April, by April, the teachers getting vaccinated means our kids are barely going to get back uh, to school. And I have a third grader and a kindergartner, and this has been really brutal. So I, ha- I have an Really I- a terrible year, yeah. It's been bad. So I have an idea, John. Okay. No summer vacation. Oh, man. Huh? <laughs> I, I'm... I'm remembering early in the pandemic, one of my friends who at the time, I think his kids might have even been the exact same age as yours were, third grade and kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And he very early on when it was when nobody was in school and it looked like they weren't going back anytime soon, he convinced his kids that the governor had announced that everybody had to repeat the grade they were in. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I love this guy. I feel, I feel like... And his kids were just absolutely despondent and furious, which is a very dad move to just let your kids it believe this. Perfect. And I, I feel like this is – you could do the exact same thing to your children by saying, oh, yeah, it looks like we're not going to have summer vacation next year. They're just going to start the next school year on Memorial Day and you have to go all summer. You flow and right. just watch your kids yeah. just utterly – utter meltdown. Yep. In fact, if I was you, I would combine that with saying they have to repeat the grades they're in. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they should. I think this is this is a um, four birds with one stone scenario. All right. Okay. Let me see if I can get them right. I'm going to uh, list them off my fingers. Num- okay. Number one, we do know objectively kids have fallen behind. Yep. Uh, it's educationally. True. So... They will start back up in school in, we're just playing this out, in April, and they'll maybe have a few weeks off. They'll go to, like, mid-August, and then they'll start up there next year. So, um, so, but that will help them get acclimated back into school. They'll see their friends again. But most importantly, educationally, they will have caught up. We have been so worried about this as parents. People are freaking out about their kids falling behind. Mm -hmm. We are solving the most critical issue. They have not fallen behind anymore. They have made it all up. We are back. Check. Right. One for one. Okay. A lot of, and a lot of schools aren't air conditioned. So a certain number of them will die of heat exhaustion too. So that'll be good. Well, it'll toughen them up up a little bit, right? Right. I'm sure some of those windows open, you know, a little breeze, (laughs) whatever. You know what? Schools are famous for their creature comforts. I can promise you there will be one parent in every single class around the country that will go, wait, that's what's holding you back? I'll pay for the air conditioning. I'll pay for <laughs> it myself. All new air conditioning. Okay, but one for one, kids getting caught up. That's the most important. Number two right. uh, on my list, uh, parents need a break from their kids, just in general. Like, we, oh, I am sick of my very kids. Very much true. I need a break. Uh, this is going to be a perfect <laughs> time. We get those those teachers, those beautiful, brilliant hero teachers. I'll get to them in a second. Um, Under this plan, I will be enrolling my one-year-old in kindergarten for the summer. One-year-old in kindergarten. Yes. He's ready. Yep. He is ready. He's ready. Okay. Um, okay, so that's two. Number three, scheduling summer activities and stuff. It's a pain in the ass. It sucks. We're not going to do that this year. We get one year of a break for parents. Not only do we get a break from seeing our kids in general, we get a break from scheduling all that summer stuff. This year, right. our our beautiful uh, bonus, our reward 
at the our our gold whatever the thing is at the end of the rainbow is it a treasure it's a pot of pot gold. of gold <laughs> the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and this rainbow in this analogy was a terrible uh, coronavirus but let's pretend it was a rainbow at the pot of the gold at the end is we get one summer of not having to deal with our kids or scheduling anything at all okay that's amazing okay and number four uh this will be fair punishment for these damn freeloading teachers who've been able to <laughs> sit on their ass for the entire uh-huh. year and haven't wanted to go back yeah. into school just because you know they may get sick and die so this will teach them. Yeah, this is this will teach them. This is real easy on the teachers. It's I'm, been I'm easy glad on the that teachers. You've identified the freeloaders. The real culprit here. <laughs> the freeloaders, uh, as I call them. Um, the free any teachers, teachers who might be listening to the podcast, I do have Brandon's home address, and you're welcome to go to his house. <laughs> Just let me know. I would be happy to provide that information because, frankly, he deserves it. It's uh, it's fairly secluded, so you can probably just egg my house with impunity for like an hour. Do, no neighbors will know exactly what's happening. Uh, just do what you will to the sports court. Go for it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so maybe not that one. Maybe not that one so much. But the other three, uh, I, I genuinely think if someone came out with a proposal – we're going to get all teachers vaccinated by April, and we're going to have kids this year. Their their school year extends into late July or something, uh, mid-August, whatever the thing is. Um, and, yeah, it'll, we'll, we'll call it summer something or other. Um, when it'll summer still, semester. Summer semester. It'll still be a lot of fun, and they'll be playing outside half the day, yada, yada, yada. I don't give a shit. I honestly think this is a thing that should happen. And I'm proposing I, it here today officially. And I'm the first one. All to right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> patent pending. Yeah. Patent pending. Trademark. R, circle around it. Right. <laughs> well, I, I wish you good luck, Brandon. Yeah. Mm. I basically just wanted to say I really like the idea of teachers being prioritized. And that helps yep. out a lot of people. I, all the rest I think of that it. would help out a lot of people. Okay. If we've learned nothing else from this pandemic, it's how important teachers really are. Right. Yep. The freeloading teachers, as mentioned. <laughs> yes, the, the one in the same. <laughs> okay, we've gone on too long, John. That was very fun, though. <laughs> you know, when we started this podcast, I just want to say for the three people who are still listening, so our, hi, Wade. Hi, everybody else. Uh, hi, Wade and our moms. Any, yeah, any members of my family that are still listening. When we started this podcast, Brandon and I said, well, unfortunately, Chicken's not here tonight, so we don't have to go very long. No. Let's just no. let's just make sure that we'll, we'll cut it off early if we have to. Yeah. And now this is one of our longest podcasts ever. So. I would have put the over-under on like 32 minutes. Right. Nah. I <laughs> Every so often I have a friend who is doing some sort of work podcast or something like that and or or they have to do a 10 minute presentation or something at work and they say oh, gee, I don't know how I'm going to fill all that time and I the sport of is living proof that you don't need to know what you're talking about or even have a point to talk for 70 80 minutes at a time. No, just start talking. Yeah. Just start putting You don't a even need to have a point. Together. Yeah, they, they don't need to be interesting. I think the nice thing is you just start talking and hopefully at some point you stumble into something. But sometimes you don't. Yeah, and if you if you have to just bail on it and pull the ripcord, that's fine. Mm-hmm. 
Nobody's listening anyway. No, there's zero stakes to any of this. Right. It's good. All right, good times. Okay, goodbye. Good hearing from you, Brandon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.